Now we're live. All right. And times for Denny for dummies lesson ten. Yeah. Okay. We opened our study with the last three of Rambam's principles of faith. Based on your study of the scriptures now, do you believe with perfect faith that God rewards those who keep his commandments and punishes those who transgress him? Yes. 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 Or no. Yes. I got two yeses. Peanut gallery. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. I got three yeses. You don't need to bring it up. Answer the question. What was the question? <laughs> he was looking at the beginning of the study because he referenced the beginning of the study. Rambam says that he blesses those who keep his commandments and he punishes those who fail to do so. Do you believe that this is true based on your study of the scriptures? He thinks everybody's going to just slide. Your basic pagans get a buck. It's no big deal. God's forgiving, loving, and just going to give him a big old hug and say, well, you give it your best shot. Attaboy. Attaboy. Is that, that wins. Is that, <laughs> is, that, is that what you're thinking? No, I'm trying to... We're going to come back to you. Maybe you're wrestling with something that I would wrestle with just a little bit, is to say that I definitely believe it, definitively. I am not as consistent in my actions with regard to that belief as I should be. I I love you for saying it. I love you for meaning it. <laughs> and I don't want to feel compelled to but thank you. Yes? Eventually yes. Eventually yes. Good answer for sure. Final comments? Eventually yes. Eventually yes. You know, it's a it's a great answer to the question of how how can there be a God? This is a big it's a big rabbinic question on the liberal side. How can there be a God if there's so much suffering in the world? What's the, what's the what's the the point? The idea is that if there's a God, wouldn't He punish evil, and why would the righteous suffer? And the answer. He will punish the evil. Eventually. You just got to wait. He is uh, long-suffering. But not slow as some kind of slowness. Yeah, sorry. I like, I've read that somewhere. All right, so for those of you in Gastonia, it is true. Mr. Bartos is here. So the real class can begin. Let me turn on the chat just here uh, to I make sure. Start yet? Oh, no, we've, been, we've been talking for just hours here. Oh, okay. But that's okay. what I praise for you. <laughs> All right. All right, so another question from your, uh, from your, your uh, study. Is it fanciful to believe with perfect faith that the dead will be brought back to life when God wills it to happen? Is that fanciful? No. No. Well, the follow-up was why or why not? Well, why not? Okay. It's great that I can almost hear you since I'm old. 
I'm worried about those folks that are in Slavic countries where they, they meter the internet volume, not the speed, but the volume, so you can't really hear everything. So what? Um, it's, uh, yes, he will be able to raise, he will raise him from the dead when he wills. Although I do have a kind of a dislike of the term wills. Okay. Of, Pray continue. Um, it is a set time, in at least in our timeline, of he will raise him from the dead. So one could say it's not what he wills, it's when he says he, it will happen. Which is, he wills? Okay, yes. Okay, yes. Good. All right. Um, how, how can God raise people from the dead? Joshua. Come on, quick, easy answer. Well, he's he it very God. carefully. He's got it. Micah got it. Yeah, he's got. He can do that. Can he not do? That's it. Exactly right. I've got this big rock. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Comments on resurrection. Well, I liked your reference from a couple of classes ago to the two witnesses uh -huh. that they uh, three and a half days in the middle of the Middle East a long time to leave a body out. And they have no problem snapping right back up life again. That's right. You'd, you'd think stinky, rotting, <coughs> sores, bad news, and Lies. bam. Because to your point, they've got no problem. Because God raises him from the dead. Nice. And then says, come on. I like that. Cool. So let's... Uh, Oh, and, and the uh, the money question. If a teacher believes that Messiah Messiah's coming is imminent, how would you respond now? Imminent, meaning that there's absolutely nothing that must happen prior to its occurrence. How do you uh, respectfully disagree? Respectfully disagree. There's a man wearing a suit. Respectfully disagree. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's a classy response. Why would you? Why would you disagree? What's 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 your primary motivation there? Well, there's certain conditions that still has not been met in order for this event to occur. And if you look at your timeline. There appears to be more than a handful of things. In fact, a whole page full of things that needs to happen. Back in. Yeah, before the Lord can return. That's good. All right. Before I go to the uh, to the big questions of uh, timing, Scott, you got any comments, sir? Nope. Stay alone. Coming to that last point, I would say that. Um, Actual imminence is different from experiential imminence. Yeshua regularly references. Regularly, Yeshua regularly references coming like a thief in the night. So some people will experience his coming as though it were imminent, but that's not the way that it actually going to play oh. out because he specifically clarifies that he told his people. He told his people, and and oh. specifically clarifies. He tells you, don't be caught off guard. 
In other words, you cannot be caught. You cannot be caught off guard. That is, so that the, is, the mistake of eminence is, is so because beautiful. it's inherently caught off guard. Everybody is. Right. That, that's what eminence means. I'm. But the wicked, they're not looking for. Joshua, I need to just. Shh. <laughs> I, I need to. I need to just dwell in this moment. I have never looked at it that way. And I think you're exactly right. What a what a, a beautiful nuance that the people that don't know the scriptures believe that his or will believe that his coming was imminent. Nothing needed to happen. He just showed up. It'd be shocking. Uh, precisely, which which is the the ultimate result of imminence. I think what I'm what I'm going through now, I'm just James comes to mind, and teachers in chapter three, and the whole greater judgment, and I'm thinking about the church teaching the doctrine of, of imminence to people who should know better, and I'm surprised. That imminence is true for those who don't know anything. But for the church, quote unquote, in general, to teach imminence is almost like they're talking to non-believers, which I guess in some cases they are. But uh, wow, I'm I'm right with that. That was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. That's mm-hmm. that's you know top ten in the class <laughs> so far. Now, I would say since this is lesson 10, one would assume that we had 10 lessons, but there were 14 lessons in chapter 8. So <laughs> this is probably you know, lesson number 363. Okay, cool. You have a comment over here. Dr. Yes, sir. On the same note, um, I have heard often um, theologians say that Shaul Paul believed in imminence, hence the reason he said don't marry, hence the reason he um, went through all that persecution and up until he was beheaded believed the kingdom of heaven was at hand and that a bunch of the disciples believed in the same um, concept. Do you disagree with that? I do. And I, would, and I would argue that everything you just said is correct without using the word eminence. Um, I would say that it's misappropriation. W- without doubt, to a man, all of the apostles, all of the writers of the apostolic scriptures believed that the Messiah would return within their lifetime. That his return was, if not within their lifetime, shortly thereafter, soon and in our days, amen, kind of thing. Um, and I personally believe, if you read the scriptures and you read the, the words of our master, he wanted them to live that way. And I personally believe he wants you and I to live that way. He could come at any moment. Are we talking imminence? No. We need to live like he could come at any moment. And I think that most Orthodox Jews live that way. And I think that's the wiser way to live. They still might be a little surprised when when he shows up. Yeah, (laughs) but it just keeps you on your toes, and and, you know the whole. Will he find any faith on earth? Will you be ashamed of his coming? You'll have a hard time sinning. 
right. if you're living in a manner that you expect him to come at any, at time. any moment. Yeah, <laughs> and standing next to you, and hey, by the way, I'm, I'm back. Well, think think about like the whole the whole imagery of birth pangs, right? Yeah. So if if uh, if you know my wife is pregnant previously, right? It's leading up to her due date. We knew generically she's <coughs> gonna come around this time. Well, but starting in like November, I was acting like it could happen any day now. That's right. So getting work ready, I'm I'm, I'm preparing, training sure. other people, helping sure. get stuff set up. Then the signs, so to speak. Start hitting. You have the due date. You pass the due date. Then you start having some contractions. You start having heavier contractions. Then you start, well, you know, the midwife shows up. But at that point, you're actually adjusting your life so that should the birth happen, you're back home with her as quickly as possible if you're not already there because the signs have done. I, I agree. It's, it's, that's, that's what he wanted us to live with. So... I agree, and I respectfully disagree. I agree. They all had this, this mantra and this <clears throat> mindset that he could return at any moment. And we, we need to believe that. We need to, we need to live that way. Can he come tomorrow? Scripturally, it's impossible. I think it's from that. No, go ahead. One of the things you... To, I'm sorry, to, you two met? Yeah. No, 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 you go ahead. No, 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 really, you. Yeah. On Alex's comment, though, their circumstances in the world were such that I could imagine them feeling like they were already seeing a few more signs than we are. Sure. I mean, if you think about sure. the destruction of Jerusalem towards, yeah. I mean, we're getting towards the end of uh, some of these guys' lives, you think about the, the Roman Empire and their rulership of, of Israel... You, you start checking some boxes off where, you know, you think about wars and rumors wars, people get all excited today. I mean, can you imagine then? Oh, yeah. holy cow. I mean, it's like the Romans are conquering the entire planet. It'd be very easy to assume Caesar is the anti-Messiah. Sure. I mean, there's just the, the, my point is to say, they may have felt it was even more imminent than people feel today. Sure. And, and I, I would say that with a lack of global communication and email like right. we have today, you may never know that the things that you've heard, because remember, no one heard the book of Revelation, right? So you got to take that out of the mix. It's only what they heard from the master himself. That's in the Gospels, right? So this whole book of Revelation that we just studied, no, no, no. They didn't get that. That was a one-on-one -on -one with John on an island by himself, covered with salt and sores. You know, so that didn't, they didn't know that. And all the apostles were dead by then. Exactly. 98, right before the, the century changed. So it is possible that stuff could have happened somewhere in some other part of the world or whatever the case might be, and they would never have known. So without that information, it's possible he could have shown up. But still, living like it's imminent is so important. But Scott? I was just going to say, <clears throat> I think the... Those who say that you know Paul uh, believed in imminence are reverse engineering their own theology into Paul's words. I love it when you talk that way. For the folks that are Gastonian have never heard that word, reverse engineering. Can you can you help us out? Sure. They're they're taking their own theology and forcing it into Paul's beliefs because mm. they want Paul's beliefs to match their beliefs, what Paul's teaching to match their teaching. So they they take the imminence 
as a, as a theory or a doctrine and justify it through part of what Paul's, Paul has written or to take what he's written and say, see, that justifies him without looking at the entirety of Paul's. Because you can go and, and look at the, his words that we read through in this study that clearly shows he laid out events that have to happen before yeah. the Messiah would return. Especially so, to, the, to the assembly at Thessalonica. Right. He was amazingly clear. This has to happen first. And then this, and then the apostasy, and then yeah, right. clearly uh -huh. showing other events that had to happen. Right. Yes, Josiah. So for the your second question, at the turn of the century, most of the original world was in upheaval, teaching the turmoil in the Middle East, coupled with the attack on U.S. soil, meant the Messiah would return because these were wars and rumors of war. What would you say to someone with this perspective? And I believe Mr. Childers answered really well, and Mr. Spurlock. Well, I wrote down that these are only the birth pains from Matthew 24, 8, because, because Messiah said in Matthew that all this stuff, it says here, the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these, but all these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Exactly. So, as have been noted, throughout the study, there are going to be terrible things. And a lot of people who have not studied the Bible very well and all the signs and clues and warnings about what's going to happen before Messiah returns, it is going to seem like it is imminent. But thankfully, we have studied and these are just signs beginning of the birth pains. Agreed, agreed. Well put. Um, I, I always think it's important uh, to mention that while the master mentions birth pangs, birth pains in the same version would be found in Isaiah. So he was simply quoting, which is what a Messiah would do since he wrote the old stuff. Other comments from the, uh, from the cheap seats? No. Thanks for joining us, Greg. It's good to have you here. Your presence makes all the difference. If you speak up, people will know that you're here. That's good. <laughs> all right, so I'd uh, draw your attention, please, if I could, to, uh, are you okay? My mind really went to the Who song, him and his front, so as far as I That's just me. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right, There's so like two people in this room who know them. That's right. That. Can you... Uh, can you turn in your Bibles, if you would, in your uh, Bibles to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Oddly enough, there's 13 verses in Daniel chapter 12. I thought it would have been symmetrical to have 12 verses, but... Um, Maybe the Hebrew Bible's got 12. You know, unfortunately, that's not the case. So It's okay, apparently he can't do math anyway. I mean, these numbers are all over the place. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is what we're about to do. Exactly, Joshua. So, um, before we get into some, some new math, um, are there any other comments on the, on the study? I mean, we went through uh, 10 lessons that brought you through some, not all, not near all, but some significant passages out of the Tanakh. 
that spoke of the end times or eschatological references. Uh, and then we went through some apostolic references, uh, including uh, references to the master. Finally, then in, in Matthew with the uh, Olive Discourse, where we've got two or three questions that the uh, apostles ask him. And finally, then closed up with uh, a look at the apocalypse or the revelation of the, uh, of the master in uh, Revelation. So you, you've looked at, I don't know, Scott, what would you say? 60, maybe 65% of the references to the end times, mm -hmm. roughly? You know, maybe, maybe so far as to say three quarters of the, of the passages that talk about the end times uh, through this, this class. There's, you know, another quarter or maybe even a third more um, I don't. I don't think we touched much at all, if anything, on Ezekiel and on the third temple and so forth. Um, but any any other quick comments on that before we we get into some math and, and just kind of pontificate and guess? Well, I'll, I'll be guessing. I think mm -hmm. Joshua's got some real answers, and maybe maybe Greg does. But uh, well, one one comment I'd make is it helped to look at things and be reminded each lesson that we were looking at things from a social standpoint as opposed to what Figuring could, out could have spent so long in some of those questions. And it was a little tough because you come across something like, why is that? And now's not the time to try to debate back and it's, forth. because that's, that's not what the, the scripture says that. We, we could talk all day if we wanted to, but we're not going to come to any conclusion and you think that was helpful? Yes, I, that's why I was mentioning it. Was I, I think that is really the best way to look at the end times that I've ever encountered in study because it helps ground you in just what the scripture says as opposed to, like I said, getting off a little bit too Tangents. too much. Yeah, and, and trying to almost think to yourself, well, if I don't know this, like what if I, this this must be important I'll and I need to, I'll right. I'll burn in hell because I messed up. Right, Yeah. right. Scott and I spent uh, literally hours debating how to even broach the topic, how to, how to even present this. Um, after all the study that he and I have done over the years, you know, it's, it's, it's like taking a straw, walking over to the pool. What do we do now? Are we drinking? Are we swimming? Are we just going to look at the water? What, what are we going to do? Because there's so many ways to look at, at, at these events, these topics. And, you know, I, I can tell you it's, it's extraordinarily wonderful to try and figure out how these events fit in with our world today. And could these, this description in this passage be a nuclear holocaust? could be a nuclear accident. So when they're burying bodies and they're having to mark bones with a little flag and then come back and bury it, doesn't that sound like a nuclear event? Well, yeah, actually it does. Was there a such thing as a nuclear event before 1940? No. Is there now? Sure. So do we have more info? Yes. If it's not 
possible to say, gosh, you've nailed it. You figured out the code. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what's going to happen. And you're right, it's going to happen in Serbia in, in 2092. You're exactly right. You can't do that. So, you know, it's so academic. Why, really, don't we have more to think about? Like, how can I serve my master today? How, how many commandments, how many mitzvot did I get the privilege to keep today? You, you caught me the other day, unawares. You know, I, I did something at the gym, and, and you were like, look at that. It's not even 9 o'clock in the morning, and you've already got a mitzvah knocked out of the list. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's encouraging. Found and returned a wallet. Mm -hmm. Impressive. So, bottom line, I at least I, Scott and I agreed that there's more value in focusing on those things than on speculating what might be what those seven thunders thundered. So, cool. <laughs> Thanks for your comment. I appreciate your encouragement. Um, Daniel chapter 12, um, if it's all right with you, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and read it, because, I mean, I could listen to Joshua read it, but, you know, he's got that little teeny-weeny phone there, and I just, I don't want him to hurt himself. <laughs> At that time shall arise Michael, or Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. I'm hoping you're placing this as I read it into the timeline that you've talked about. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. <laughs> many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Which is an amazing phrase that many believe is talking more and more about those who drive Teslas. No. Uh, verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood. One on this bank of the stream, and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. That's tough. Try it, you're saying. How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, this is the guy who's above the waters, he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever. That would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I didn't understand. I think we can all agree with that statement. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> 
Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? That's just like in Revelation. When the angel says, so what does all that mean? And John turns and says, oh, that's, yeah, you know, you know my Lord, don't you? Sure. Yeah, go ahead and tell me. He said, go your way, Daniel. For the word is shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Which, if you think we're in the end times, would be now. And here you are reading it, Micah. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. That reminds me of Revelation. They wash their robes. But the wicked shall act wickedly. Hence they're called wicked. Right. And none of the wicked shall understand. Which I think is to Joshua's point that his coming will seem imminent. But those who are wise shall understand, which is where Master was coming from, saying, see, I've told you beforehand, ahead of time. And from the time that the regular, this is the math, guys, you want to pay attention now. I mean, how many have done trigonometry? I'm in the middle of it. Geometry? Calculus. Algebra? In the middle. Straight math. Okay, good. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, I thought that was sometime in the middle of something, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, I think the Master talked about that in Matthew chapter 24, which I think was also in the middle of some week or seven-year period. There shall be 1,290 days. Wait a second. I've read this so many times in so many different passages, and the number is always 1,260 days, which is exactly 42 months, which is exactly three and a half years. What's 1,290? 30 days extra. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335th day, which is 45 days after the 30 days. Whew! But go your way to the end, and you shall rest, and shall stand in your allotted place in the end of days. And before we get into the math, I want to take that last verse and make it clear that if you talk to someone, let's say someone perhaps religious, perhaps claiming a Christian mindset, and they are questioning whether or not there is a resurrection described in the Tanakh, this is one of but many where a righteous man will stand at the end of the days. I think that's cool. Mm -hmm. And something that should not be overlooked. Okay. So. We've got three and a half years and three and a half years. That's 1260 days and 1260 days. 
This guy throws another 30 days on the back end of that, and then 45 days after that. I'm actually open tonight. Here it is, 26 February 2019, and I will actually accept complete and bald-faced speculation. If you can back it up with Scripture, that'd be good. wonderful, but we'll let you just spitball here and we'll just applaud because you came up with something cool that took 30 days or 45 days or bonus points for a 75-day event. I leave it to you. No one's jumping in. I would uh, invite you, as uh, Josiah is doing, to take a look at your timeline. What happens at the end of the 70th week of Daniel? That would be the end of those 1260 days. What happens right after that? The day of the Lord. No, I'm not. The, the day of the Lord? Wait, I think so. What? Sure. 1260 days, we're done. But. Is that really what comes next? What's the day of the Lord? If, if you were just to put it in your own words. Two words. Day of the Lord. Give me a word. Judgment day. Judgment, I like it. Judgment. Okay. Anything have to happen before that happens? Well, let's see. Deliverance of those who endure. I think that's a biggie. In fact, the five or six lines that you're about to read in several different colors are from all over the Bible and are all consistently taking God's people where? Up is a direction. Where? Into heaven. Possibly. Freedom. Say again? Kind of like liberation, deliverance. Good. Liberation, deliverance. Um, in my terminology, out of the way. Step aside, son. <laughs> How was that? That kind of deal, right? He's, he has to protect his own before he kicks royal butt. That's a scriptural term. It's just a, a new version for you. Yeah. Okay. So how long does it take to pull his people out of the way? Quotes would be great here. The twinkle of an eye. I like that. The twinkling of an eye. Or the blink of an eye. This comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Right? Um, I think it comes somewhere else. Do you need 24? Matthew 24? I don't think so. I think so. Michael. Well, you've got the seven years on this side, and then you've got a whole other part before the millennial reign. I do. That's exactly right. Well, if you're just taking speculation without any base fact, I don't have to say that... The 30 and 45 days are right there. The deliverance of those who do it. All right, so slow down. I'm with you. Trust me, I'm with you. Slow down now. The first bump of folks that you got in the top, that's the deliverance thing, right? Yeah. What yes. would you call that in church terms? The rapture. The rapture. I like it. Again, how long does that take? Does it say? Blink what does it say? 
blink of an eye. The blink of an eye. The twinkle of an eye. Whatever it may be. How, it, how, how long is that? I mean in months. Oh, no, do it in days. Yeah, right? Right. It's that fast, right? Okay, so while you've got a lot of paper room, how long does it take? Like no time, right? It's a snap. All right. So if you jump below that, Micah, because I think you're on a good roll here. What's the next thing? He has the day of the Lord, but you split it into two paragraphs. Okay. So the day of the Lord begins. Why? Fundamentally, what did he have to do before he could start kicking butt? Yes, to get take his people out of the way. But that took. Well. All right. So now they're blessed if they make it to 1,290 days. Well, you have them split in two different paragraphs. Well, what's next? That. what's next? You have a shorter one up top and a longer one. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm just thinking I'm that full the shorter paragraph one, breaks. I've always been. It's it's my it's it, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking that the shorter one might be thirty days, and the longer paragraph would be forty. Well, now you're reading into my paragraphs, and that's cute. You're just taking <laughs> thirty days of absolute just chaos. But, yeah, and, and those who endure would just that would be great. But okay, that would be great. Four, but then you got 45 more days of, abs of absolute Some. chaos. Okay. 45 days of absolute chaos? At least that's what I'm speculating as you... So we've got two sections of absolute chaos. Stand by, take a breath. You did a great job, and you teed this up so beautifully. I love it with the no. little keeper. Okay, give, give, give me I like some. the setup. Like yeah, the setup. it's a good, good tee-up. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I may have to mess your timeline just a tiny bit. Try, try, give it your best back. So, woe number two is possibly at the end of the one week. So, if you go to Revelation so, so chapter woe, 11. So, woe one was in the one week? In the one week. If you go to Revelation, because what was throwing me off more than anything else is the five months of locusts. Really having trouble with the five months of locusts. But, and then I realized... But isn't that because you're assuming that nothing else can happen until the five months of locusts are done? Well, we're thinking it chronologically. It seems like... No, I didn't say it wasn't either. chronological. I just asked you if right. the five months of locusts could be going on while other things are happening. And in this case, I would say it's during the time of the two witnesses. Okay. Because if you look at the end of that passage, it says the second woe is passed, right after the two witnesses resurrect. Okay. Two witnesses are here for 1260 days. Yes. What, now, what Would you say that's the first half or the second half of the seventh week? I would say that's the second half. Okay. So we're week. That's nice. Now, what's, what's interesting about the, the reason why the numbers, I think, get intriguing is we have different ways of measuring them. We have 42 months, yes. 1260 days. Yep. Those seem to be and, exactly the same. And? And time, times, and half a time. Which we assume is three and a half years. Three and a half years. The kicker is that, as Alex correctly pointed out last week, in uh, in Hebrew counting, three and a half years is not the same thing as three and a half years worth of months. So there is a way to look at it in which the 1260 and 42 months are exact. Right. So that's the second half of the three and a half years. Yeah. But when the angel says it's going to take time, times, and half a time to get from when things get really bad... To the end, -ish. so we're talking about from the middle of the week to the end of the week, and yes, but we're actually a little bit beyond that because specifically he's asked, um, he isn't asked uh, when does it end. He asks, when will these wonders end? Like he kind of, it's a broader phrase. Okay. So I think there's an argument to be made to say that the time times and half a time, three and a half years, includes a leap month to get to twelve ninety. I looked it up. It is possible to get a leap month in. 
a I'm set with, of three and a half years, and only one. Yeah. Even funnier, Adar one normally Adar is twenty nine days, but the leap month Adar is thirty. Two. Right. Well, actually, it technically be Adar one then, and Adar two is the normal one. But anyway, the point is the extra Adar is yes. thirty days, which is ironic, which is different and unique because not every month in the Jewish calendar is thirty days. Correct. So this is specifically an extra thirty days. Now, the reason why I bring this up of the earlier time of the wonder ceasing is because this comment is made by an angel who's above the river. Right. It so happens... It's interesting you call him an angel. They did. Yeah, the man. They did. The man. <laughs> the man and the river. What's interesting about that is the river is a term that I think you typically use to refer to like the, uh, whatever the river of the region is. In some cases, it, I guess it could be the Nile, but in this case, I think it's the Euphrates. Euphrates, sure. Which shows up in all of our various trumpets and so forth right at the end and gets dried up and gets dried up yeah with it so if we let's say the 1260 days as you like to think of it or as it says ends at the end of the seven years and yeah. the um the two witnesses are taken up the last the next 30 days is all as you put it kick butt time yeah yeah day of the lord as michael would say well and, but, but we've already we've already started that we've already started that a little bit because the the first two woes have passed so we've already we're already in the middle of that but things are really kicking up here because that the second the second woe is the beginning of the bowls so those last 30 days are really intense right then the very last the second to last bowl kicks off the battle of harmageddon because right. that's the whole point of drying up the euphrates right however if you've ever tried to move i don't know several million troops into one particular area you cannot do it as fast as Messiah can rant or redeem his people. I think I'm the only one in the room who's ever actually marched. Troops. You probably have. Yeah. Um, and You're you probably right. Are. It takes a lot longer than you think it would. So an extra 45 days for that last trumpet stretch okay. from the time when the Euphrates is dried up, which yeah. would re which we refer back to our time, times, and half a time, because right, right, right. where is he? He's at the Euphrates. Got it. To the time when God finishes the whole deal, so to speak, leading into the Millennial Kingdom, I think you can make a legitimate argument as a 45-day stretch there. Where well, all of the nations... 45-day stretch between the end... Of the 1290, right. that extra month, and then to the 1335. And the idea being that... Um, the he's reason, assembling the people. He's assembling... Well, the bad guys are assembling, yeah. right? And... Well, there's, there's no good... But if you read... Well, one minor... I have one point on that. Because when you read the the passages talking about um, some of these types of conflict and the Jehoshaphat and so forth, I don't know. The context to me definitely feels like there are some of God's people left, which is who they're assembling against. That brings me to the 144,000 that we referenced earlier. The 144,000 could be a batch of so-called left-behinders. Um, they kind of get missed in the first round because they weren't ready yet. On the other hand, another view... They weren't ready? Well, wait, hang on. The other option that I thought of just today... We're speculating. Is that, it's, it's what you wanted. <laughs> the 144,000 are your... Uh, they're like your, your, your Navy SEALs. These are the guys that stay on the Earth to, to be the good up. guys for the rest of time, so to speak, until okay. the end. And it fits because they're classified in Revelation as virgins, which is a very interesting like, and weird term that has thrown off a lot of religions and gotten some really, really yeah, weird yeah. theologies. Yeah, yeah. However, that fits beautifully in Jewish theology because the only reasons in Jewish theology, because marriage is a very good virtue, the only reasons to remain a virgin permanently 
are two. Yeah. One. Nazarite vow. Well, okay. not switch Nazarite vow. Three. Well, okay. <laughs> Primarily, one to be really close to God. Yeah. This is Moses, and to some degree Jeremiah. And yes, you could possibly throw in someone like Samson, who is not. It's not because he's a Nazarite, but similar concept. Right. right. He should have been. Right. Or to uh, fight. Well, to fight, so to speak, or to dealing with tragedy. Because the tradition holds that when the flood occurs, Noah and his sons abstain from their wives during that time. There's also a tradition that in reference to um, one of the famines, I can't recall which one in the, it may be one of the ones in Abraham, they also mention a break point. So the, it's Isaac. There's a famine in the land, Isaac goes down to Gerar. Right, and then Abimelech finds him and his wife, and it's like, wait a minute, y'all are brothers. You're sister. married. Wait a uh, second. And they say this is actually a teaching to show that the famine had ended, and like up until then, like you weren't you weren't doing things. Or actually, maybe Joseph. Anyway, the point is, there's a reference in the in Don't the. Don't worry. Don't worry. My point to get at all this is that means that if you think about these characters being characterized as virgins, they're like top shelf people. They're people who are. Really close to God, yep. dedicated to this 100%, yep. like Paul talks about. Yep. And they're prepared to deal with horrific tragedy happening on the earth. Right. Which would fit in with some of the... I'm with you. Cata- I'm with you. Take a breath. Happening. Okay. And that was my whole theory. It was awesome. So... Feel free to poke holes. <laughs> I'm not going to poke holes. I'm going to applaud, first of all. I think it's great. Um, so okay. let's... Let's tear them apart. Can you tear them apart, or do I need to do that? Please. <laughs> I love the I love the the uh, the thirty day the thirty extra days being part of the final years the final years the 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 last time time and half a time yeah because that which, which is always kind of ethereal and can. Make have extra days and still be and still be and right. And yeah, exactly. I like that. Uh-huh. I like. I that. do too. Now, if, if you know, going back to what we'd studied before, the 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 theory was that there was a thirty day restoration period, right, and then a forty five day reclamation period. Correct. Divine. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What, what, yeah. Sorry, what does that mean? Is it, is it, yeah. Take your time. <laughs> That always felt forced. It did. So did the to words. come up with two, yeah, two different accountings for that. If you move the thirty days into the second half of that seventieth week, because yes. it still fits from right. a right, it's still time, part of the second half of time. week. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and, so and by definition, have, that means we're still kicking butt. God's we're, judgment. We're still. In, in that, right. that period. Correct. And God's judgment ends and is finally concluded at the 1290th day. Right. Then so, the 45 so, days. So if you made it through the 1260 days, then get, look that head just well, a little bit so you can see your day. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a 1260 day period. And I think that's noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but I think it fits also with Daniel because the question, because part of the focus in Daniel is the shattering of the holy people. It's the the, penal, the, the attack on the people of God. Yeah. But if you look at the 42 months, which is the 1260 that you're referencing, that is specifically controlling of 
Jerusalem. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, you can I have guess, both. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not disagreeing. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is we need to define what's different about the 1290 right. if you're going to call that the time, times, and have a time. Because the thing that I'm looking at is there was a decree for Daniel's people. And if I'm not mistaken, that decree was 42 months. <coughs> 70 weeks, right? The, the, uh, Daniel chapter 9, somebody pull it up. Start at chapter at verse 24, and we're going to verse 27. Are you got it? What do you got? Purple shirt on, but you're not moving fast enough? Come on, let's go, let's go. 9, 24, Daniel. Go I got it. Three verses. Give it to me. What do you got? Wait, what we go to again? 24. Just 24. start reading the scripture. 24. <laughs> Wait. 70 weeks are decreed about you people and your holy city. To That's finish. your dad getting a check mark right there. To finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity. To bring in a right. last. So, so there's a list now of what's going to happen in that last week. Right? Go ahead. To bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, and to anoint a most holy place. So we get everlasting righteousness, which means the Lord rules before the end of that 70th week. And to Joshua's point, if I'm getting this and I want to try and, you know, put my spin on it, that means that possibly by the 1290th day, because the last year was a leap year, so that extra 30 days brings in the righteousness, which I think we get as soon as we get the rapture, which I think is at the end of the 1260th. What else you got? Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore, to restore and, re and build your shrine, to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Yeah. And then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. Right. And after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. Right. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be a war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half, seven years. And for half the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. There's your 42 months. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. I hate that guy. Okay. So I got 42 months in. On the front end. <coughs> and then we got the and middle. Then, and then you hit the middle. And then the latter half of that 70th week could certainly encompass the additional 30 days mm -hmm. for accounting for the leap year. Mm -hmm. The 45-day period after that then is... So before you go into the 45 days, so yeah. my head, because my head's going to start to spin, and I can't even tell you what's happening to Greg over there. So at the end of 1260 days, do I have an event? I think so. What is it? So the 1260 is specifically referenced to the two witnesses. Correct. And when the two witnesses are resurrected, that's when there's an earthquake. Yeah. It says, I think a tenth of the city falls. Yeah. 7,000 people die. And it says the rest give glory to God, which is weird because in every other time, 
if something really bad happens in Revelation, it says that they cursed God, God and they're so yeah, mad at him. Yeah, yeah. So the only logical thing to me is that the only people who are left are God's people at that point in that in the city. Now I I don't I know you know don't so, misunderstand me. I understand that there's 144,000 Jewish evangelists. So right? there was 144,002, but two of them died right, 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 right. prior to that. But right. yeah, I get no, it. My yeah. point though, my point though is to say that the 1260, what in the 42 months, which were kind of the same time frame. In this yeah, case, yeah, yeah. The the importance of the 42 months and the, what Daniel's referencing is the conquering of Jerusalem by Gentiles. So the 1260, in my mind, is the time the Gentiles are in charge. That earthquake happens in Jerusalem. The bad guys die. Now Jerusalem is liberated. That doesn't mean it's the end of trouble, so to sure, speak. Sure, I guess we go into 30 days. But I, I, well, see, I'm questioning if at the 1260-day mark, thereabouts, is when the Lord comes back. Possibly. I mean, I think, I think one of the struggles that I've had is trying to find that point in the timeline because... There are references to signs and the heavens and so forth, but um, I mean, again, with the seals and the trumpets, do they happen like concurrently? Once one's finished, the next one begins. Do they happen stacked on top of each other, where it's like this one begins, and while it's still going on, the next one happens, and this still going on. I don't think of, it matters. Well, I think if well, that's only unless you're reference. trying to add up days and stuff. But it could be and, and that that's the issue of returns right there too. Yeah, but I think if you try and add it up all sequentially. You're going to go nuts. It does fit. The earthquake fits because the reference to Messiah standing on the Mount of Olives mm -hmm. references an earthquake. Yeah, oh, no question. Because yeah. he says, just like in the days of right, Isaiah, when right, it was an earthquake. Right. And, you know. That's why I'm saying at the 1260 mark, I think we're, we're getting something. You got Matthew 24 on that little gizmo you got there? I can get it. You sure? Yes. Okay. So before you start reading... Kind of uh, intelligently yeah. parse through the entire thing that uh, the master says, and you're probably going to be better than halfway through when he starts talking about things getting really, 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 really bad, and then you'll see the sign of the Son of Man coming in in the heavens, and then yes. that's what I'm talking about. You know see, what I'm talking about? See that you're not alarmed. Yeah, yeah. The end is not yet. Right, right. Nations will rise against nation. Mm -hmm. Be famines, earthquakes. Horrible tribulation, put High to taxes. death. Yeah. Uh, many will now. fall away and betray one another. False prophets will lead many astray. Good, good. Lawlessness will increase. Yeah, yeah. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed. Uh -huh. so we got that. Bah, then bah, you will bah, bah. see yeah. the abomination of desolation yeah, we're spoken of by the prophet by right. Daniel. Good. Uh, then we've got those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Right. Don't want to go back for the cloak. Right, right, right. Yeah. Don't want to be pregnant or nursing. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to be on. Or, or during the winter. Yeah, or Shabbat. Sure, or Shabbat. Yeah, yeah. The great tribulation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So great tribulation. So and now we're those in days, that. We're in the twelve hundred sixteen forty-two months. Yeah. Go. And if those days haven't been cut short, being those uh, no days would be were saved. cut short, then they were cut short for the sake of the elect. Exactly. How were they cut short? From 1290 to 12. No, no, no. Couldn't be. He's not, not, he doesn't have the 90 in there. Oh. He's only got 42 months. So how was that short? He came. Right? So for, you know, 42 <coughs> months, 1260 days is what was given to the beast to, to rule and to reign and to wreak havoc and all of that. But he cut it short because it got really bad. But he couldn't cut short the whole 70th week. 
he only cut short the time that this guy was in charge. So he comes back and, and stops it all before 1260. That's my point. So let's start with that math. We're prior to 1260. Go. False messiahs. Um, yep, yeah. And mm -hmm. just there's a wilderness. Yeah. Read. Lightning comes from the east. <laughs> ah, uh, that's the sun. Yeah, the son of man will come. Lightning doesn't come from the east. The lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west. Yeah, keep going. Oh. Uh, immediately <laughs> after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, we get it gets all dark. Mm -hmm. Sun, stars blood, fall from heaven. Room, Eve, yeah. Powers of the heaven will be shaken. Heaven, Son of Man. Yep. Tribes will, of the earth will mourn. The tribes will see earth. him coming on the clouds of heaven. Bingo. Power and glory. Right. Uh, so that's the, the description angels. of him cutting short the time that this bugger was in charge. Go. Yeah. Angels will be sent out with loud trumpet call. Bingo. And the elect will be gathered from that's the four winds. From one end. So the 1260 days had to just end. I thought you were saying it was before the 1260 days. Yeah, well, he came before the 1260 days. Okay. But he pulls out his people. Okay. But that's to your point. Of an eye. I, to can your point. I can also work with reversing that, where he pulls his people out and the beast is left to kind of rule, mm -hmm. to fill out the 42 months of controlling the territory, but ultimately is no longer allowed to continue to persecute the people. Oh, I like that. But well, either one works. But there's no people to persecute. Right. Basically. I like that. That's I never thought of that. That's that's good. Well, the reason is we, we because, have because in Israel, in, in, in Judaism, um, prophecies about bad times, the tradition about the, the Exodus, for example, is that what basically God does in order to be merciful, he gets creative with the math. So instead of saying it's going to be 400 and something years from... When the slavery starts, he decides to count 400 years when Isaac's born. Because technically, Isaac meets the standard of your offspring shall be strangers in a strange land. Mm -hmm. So therefore, mm -hmm. that allows him to, uh, allows God, doesn't need to be allowed. But my point is, God, God is, uh, lets that count as a technicality yeah, yeah. so that he can be merciful. Yeah. Same thing here, he could allow the beast to have control for 42 months but he as he promised. Out of the way. He pulled people out of the way. So you can, you can. So those those days of tribulation are cut short, but the days of rulership are not. So like it fits it. within both. I like it. I like it. says he takes. I the, never heard that before. The woman's yeah. offspring out, and then, then yeah, yeah, he goes after other people because yeah, but can. I'm assuming those other people are. are but they out as well. might not necessarily is. Okay. All right, just hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> fig tree. You did what? Uh, we're at the fig tree now, so. Twenty-five. <laughs> No, the first 32 is the lesson of the fig tree. Can you go past? Okay, well, just go past the fig tree. No one knows the day or the hour. Uh, there's Noah. There's so it will be the coming of the son of man. Right, right. And two men will be in the field. Yeah, will be taken, yeah, will be left. yeah, two women. Yeah, I guess. Uh, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Okay. You must be ready. The yeah. Son of Man is coming, and however you do not yeah, expect. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And there we the, go. Yeah. Now, now that can... could fit with eminence. If you're talking about it being a three-and-a-half-year period, and that period's cut short, that would be a little surprising. You don't know which day in that three-and-a-half well, well, period ends. That's, that's what I've been thinking all along, is i got a three-and-a-half-year period that starts from 
That guy just got up in the temple and I watched it on CNN. Hello? Start the clock. But my point is, it's got to be less than three and a half years. Because my Lord cuts it short. Okay, I can work with that. I can't right? really watch a CNN. Right, well, I was there. I didn't say I was watching, I was in the barbershop. What can you do? <laughs> All right. Scott, you had a point. Yeah, that was a while ago. But that, so. If you have any comment about 45 days, I would love to hear it. Well, the, the, um, the point that was made previously in, in our previous study was that the, uh, the, the 45-day period was a designated time of restoration to take place on the earth because of all the mm, that was, uh, that destruction true. that had taken place. Um, that was the third. The carnage. That was the third. Then, Rec- restoration. Then you had reclamation. Reclamation. Reclaiming. Right. Uh, God reclaiming the rule of the earth. Yeah. So that that's why I'm saying that it seems if, if it goes if it goes all the way through, if the latter half of the 70th week runs for a total of 1290, then the 45 days is really more of the restoration exactly period of time exactly and i I really like that sorry continue yeah well it's just because of all the carnage and everything that has taken place and to uh to prepare to enter into the 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 millennium there has to be clean up there has to be right Uh uh-huh right so i can work with that because if you think about the flood which is the event that's most tied to the end. Yes. That's exactly how it functions. If you read the account in Genesis, it's kind of, you have to do some math in your head to follow along because it's like, well, the rain falls for this many days and then the rain stops, but there's still water on the water for this many days. And, and then, then the he comes out drains. and he looks outside and he sees that, you know, there's the, the, there's the, 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 the olive tree and whatever else, but it takes this many days for the ground to get dry. And then the dove's got to go out, the dove yeah. comes back. The dove, goes so, out, the dove doesn't come so back. So the idea of there being this like, extra time in which yeah to your point you it does know, make sense the 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 hollowed husk of the earth has to kind of get restored before messiah can reign i, I think that mm-hmm. works that could work all right so again we're, we're dealing with sequence for this class so we, we don't need to get it down but i think some of the some of the concepts we've come up here with are kudos to you at least two weeks ago with the with the um leap year i get it mm-hmm. and then Joshua's jumped on that. Kudos to you for um, grabbing onto the 1290 and then the 45 to kind of get it hub, habitable again so that well, we that can walk into this millennial reign and and have uh, have that. I'm, I'm just wondering about, and you're going to have to help me with the references here, but um, I'm, I'm remembering... Uh, and, and people are walking around looking for bones. And when they find a bone, they mark it. And then the people come and bury the bone. Isn't that Kogan Makeup? I think that's Kogan Makeup. talks about a thermonuclear war too. Or Zechariah? Chapter 6, I think. Or is it Revelation? Or is it Ezekiel? But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and, Search and, for and, bone and, or something like that. You know what? Um, have you got a you got a Bible in your pocket? Zechariah. Yeah, Zechariah talks about it, the flying scroll, which happens to be the same dimensions as the thermonuclear warhead, which has a lit. You're, you're scaring me. You're scaring me, man. Just, 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 
find the find where the bones are marked, would you? Well, talks about a strange fire that kills them and doesn't. Uh, they're going yeah, to yeah, yeah, Sounds like radiation. Yeah, we, we know, we know, we know. There's going to be some kind of nuclear stuff, but we're not talking about the details here. Oh. Ooh. So this is interesting. If you give me something about forty-five days. Warheads, I'm no, 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 no. Forty-five <laughs> days. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I haven't done the math exactly, so I'm going to be off on this. Does that mean he hasn't been honest with me prior to this? No, I'm going to be honest with you again talk. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if I'm doing this correctly, so Moses, after the sin of the golden calf, on, uh, what is that? Prior to Yom Kippur. Tishbah? Yes. Well, we can assume yes. so, yes. 40 days to Yom Kippur. Correct. How many days is Sukkot? From Yom Kippur. 15. Wait. 10. No, it's, it's 5. It's 5. And then Sukkot lasts for... Well, Wait, no, stop. Stop there. How many days is that? 45. 45 days. I'm just throwing out there. I like that. So if you want to talk about possibly like some great... Because so Tishbaav is supposed to become a rejoicing, right? That's right, yeah. That's from that's from the prophets. So what better rejoicing than God comes in, Messiah comes out, sword, and like Harmageddon, and all the bad guys are wiped out on Tishbaav. Forty-five days later, God sets up millennial reign on the first day of Sukkot. The Yom Teruah day kind of seems to be a that could have been a that could have been a prior year (laughs) if we're talking about when Messiah's coming back. I like that. I'm just this is a theory because quite frankly, um, next year I'd like to do another class. Uh, if you've got the sequence down, on laying the festivals over what we've sequenced. Because, to Joshua's point, they have to be monumental and noticeable within that. Did you find the bone thing? Yes. Please, read. So, where were you reading from? Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 39, 15, 12, ah, 15. Thank you so, thank for you. seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them, them being seven the, ha- the Magog and his multitude. That's Magog. Sorry, Gog and all his multitude. Yeah. I, I think that's the end reference. So, for seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them and it will be bring them renown on the day that I show my glory, declares Adonai God. They will set apart men to travel through the land regularly and bury those remaining on the face of the land so as to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make their search, and when these travel through the land, and anyone sees a human bone, then he shall set up a sign by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamongog. All right, you can stop there. Thank you so much. So I have always wondered the time period that you just read about. I beg your pardon. The time period of what you just read. Is that It doesn't seem to fit in our narrative so far. Well, it's seven months. A whole a seven month period doesn't seem to be something we read about. And I've always thought that's the beginning of the millennial reign, which sounds crummy. <laughs> the millennial reign, if you read the sages, is amazing. Now, maybe it's amazing in Jerusalem, but out in the fields, there's work to be done and folks have to you know walk around looking for bones and stuff and burying bones and and there's been this big battle I get it that's I can see that um, but we would all have to agree now that that seven-month period is after 
the millennium reign begins. It can't be in the time, you know, along about. It has to be in the millennial reign, or it's before the millennial reign, which we've only got, according to Joshua, 45 days to mess around with, well, and seven months is a little longer than that. Or, well, the other option is that you've got Reclamation Part 2, so to speak. Um, which is not mentioned anywhere except the seven months in Ezekiel. I don't think that's going to work. That's not seriously. That's not follow me. Gog and Magog is referenced in Revelation, but it's referenced at the end, after yes. the millennial reign. I would argue that, too. You have it on your timeline. I do have it on my timeline, but not after. Yeah. I have the Antichrist, or I have your pardon, Satan. Yeah. He draws the nations at the end. Right, yeah. After, and after he, millennial reigns, he's still going to make a battle. Yeah, it's after. Yeah, it says at the end of the <coughs> millennial reign, Gogan battle. You did what? At the end of the millennial reign, Gogan knock off battle. Day of the Lord. It's a typo. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a typo. Because this is all after the millennial reign. Just he's going to send fire to heaven and burn everything up. Well, that's what it well, seems to be. Unless there's oh, oh, oh wait, wait. That was just a guess. You see the gap, right? Satan is bound for a thousand years, and Gog and Magog is at the battle at the end. It could just as easily be right after the marriage up of the land. Right? The Euphrates River got dried up three lines above that. But for what? The assembly at Armageddon. That could be Gog and Magog. Yeah, I mean, the, the timeline's not inspired. No, 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 no. No, I was only thinking in the, in the, in the text. Um, Sequentially in the text, it comes later. It does, if you read it sequentially, which you may not necessarily have to. But even if you did, I mean, I think the worst case scenario you're talking about... There's still um, a battle. There's still a battle at the end, and after that, there may be some cleanup time. I don't think there's anything wrong with there being cleanup time before God just burns the whole thing up, because... Why would you clean it up if he's going <laughs> to... Well, no, but there's actually... there's that, there is Well, there is, some, there is some reason for it. And that is because God teaches us in the... In the, in the in Deuteronomy, this idea of um, that you don't leave out the body of the robber who's hung. So the whole purpose of this process of seven months is to bury the leftovers. It's hmm. understandable, but it seems wimpy. But I'm just saying <laughs> but it's a possibility. It is absolutely understandable. You asked for speculation. And I can't deny it. I can't deny it. All right, final comments. This was great. Anything else? Scott, you got anything else? So when does the Gogan so. Mago deal? I think it's I think it's correctly shown at the end. The final yeah. battle. The final battle is then. Yeah. Right, because Hasatan is released at the end. Yeah. Didn't and see the nations. Brings those right. Brings those together for one final supposed so, battle. So, so in your mind, when are we cleaning up the seven months of bone yeah. that you and I are gonna be walking around with bags and flags? I, I, I think the, the bone cleanup from Ezekiel is uh, at the after front the end. After the first battle? At the front, yes, after Harmageddon. So prior to the millennial reign or as or the millennial as reigns begins, right. one mm -hmm. of the things we have to do is mark the bones because if we're all going to be keeping the Torah... This is a mitzvah. You can't, it's a mitzvah to bury somebody and you can't deal with the dead body and still get into the So temple. it's a case of, of 
the prophecy seeing the two mountaintops at the same time and not being able to see the valley in between. Could be. Kind of thing. Could be. Could be. Mm -hmm. I like it. I can work with it. I can work with it. Any other comments? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you both. I, I, we, I, have, I have appreciated the hard work you put into this. I appreciate the class. It's been really good to delve into. I have thought it's been especially cool to have Mr. Martin leading multiple classes. Is he great or what? No, I really enjoy that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's always been a good man. It's hard to get him out of his box and, uh, <laughs> you know, get him up here, but uh, he's good. Hey, we good? You good? You good? All right, Scott, you didn't, you know, you know, I thought you were going to lead this, so you got to close this. I'll close so it. Go ahead and close this. Thank you, Father, for uh, giving us the opportunity over the past several weeks to, uh, to take a look at things that you have specifically included in your word so that we can know. Mm. Uh, we pray, Father, that we would live our lives um, as if uh, your coming was imminent and that it would cause us to keep um, your commandments at the top of our mind. Yes, Father. Uh, Father, we pray that at the same time we would be discerning and be able to see the things that you have uh, indicated to us would happen, uh, whether that is in uh, the lifetimes of the older generation present here tonight, mm -hmm. the lifetimes of the secondary generation who is here tonight, or the lifetimes of that third generation who is here tonight. Father, Thank you. you have... Uh, You've put it here so that we can know and be prepared. And we pray, Father, we would be diligent and discerning to be able to do just that. Yes, Lord. All these things we pray and ask that you would hasten the coming of our Master Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Amen.